Are you a digitally savvy or aspiring travel business owner wanting to shake things up in 2023? Then you need to join us for the Travel Trend Summit on the Gold Coast in May. Travel Trend is the ultimate one-day live event that is hell-bent on bridging the gap between our travel business owners and their untapped potential of successfully having a standout travel brand. Want more? Head to stephaniemyers.academy forward slash travel trend and grab your tickets now. Trust me when I say that this is an event you do not want to miss. Be quick as tickets are only strictly limited. See you there. Hey, I'm Steph and I'm obsessed with all things travel, marketing, branding and helping you stand out from the crowd. In just under two years, I went from being a home-based travel agent with zero clue how to make it work in the digital world to launching an international ranking travel podcast and creating an online course to help travel agents in lead generation. Here's one thing I know for sure. There has never in the history of the world been a better time to create the travel business you've always wanted. All you need is an actionable strategy and someone to show you the way. Picture this, we're going to spend the next hour of our time together at the Swim Up Pool Bar, where over a cocktail, we deep dive into travel-related topics, mixed with a little classroom training. This show is dedicated to encouraging you to step outside of your comfort zone and into your travel business. I'll show you how I did it and how you can too. Hit subscribe now and let's get into it. If you're a travel agent wanting to stand out in the digital world, but you struggle with consistency, tech isn't your jam and you have no idea where to start, join my free masterclass where I talk about exactly this. Head to stephaniemyers.academy forward slash masterclass. You're listening to Unplug in Paradise, the podcast. Well, thank you for joining us on the podcast, Mike. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining. And also, Mike is one of our guest speakers at our Travel Trend Summit coming up in May next month. Oh, actually, no, it's this month now. We're in May officially. I can't believe that. Oh, Gone so quick. So, Mike, would you do the honours and introduce yourself? That would be fantastic. I don't think I could do you justice, to be truthful. No worries. No. So I'm a recruiter at Canva and I'm a career coach uh, that I take on clients on the side outside and do CV reviews and help people get their jobs. Uh, and then I'm doing a lot more in the content production space as well. So I really enjoy putting together content to help job seekers, help people level up their career and level up their uh, life as well. So yeah, that's a bit about me. Absolutely. Well, I love your little snippets on Instagram. If anyone's on Instagram, you need to check out Mike's handle. What's your handle? It's Mike. Michael Rubio, career coach, I think. Yes, cool. Nice. Well, we'll drop that in the show notes so everyone can come and check you out. But yeah, so basically you are a recruiter at Canva. You've also got your career coaching as well. What's the biggest roadblocks that you come across when people are trying to seek jobs and get out there in the digital space? Like what's their biggest fears, I suppose? Yeah, there's so much. Uh, it depends who you're talking to. Like, the, I think the challenges are quite unique, whether you're a university graduate looking for your first role or on the flip side, maybe you're more experienced and you've got 15 years of experience. That comes with a lot of really unique challenges as well, trying to find that 
uh, job hunting in the senior market is quite quite hard as well. Um, some of the common things that people really struggle with, I think, is how do they talk about themselves or how do they present themselves well? And that, you know, at the first point, that's crafting a CV. How do you put together a CV? Um, if you've got no experience, what do you talk about? If you've got so much experience, again, what are you, you going to talk about? Um, and then, you know, that definitely plays through from their LinkedIn profile or other social media potentially as well, and then interviewing. So, yeah, being able to understand how to speak about yourself from a point of confidence, uh, but also being able to qualify the achievements that you've had. So I think that's a lot of what I do with people is help them really unpack and understand the amazing value that they do have and being confident in that and then being able to communicate that effectively. So what that looks like is, yeah, whether that's through a video cover letter or a written cover letter or a CV or a LinkedIn profile, um, those are the kind of things I think that's some of the, that's some of the biggest roadblocks for people. Because mm, it is hard. Like, I don't know about you, but I really struggle. If anyone asks me what it is that I do, I kind of like start muttering like, blah, 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 blah. like I'm a travel agent, podcaster, online course creator, event planner, mum. <laughs> like, what do you want to know? Like, there's no just one title, especially yeah. if you're, you know, an entrepreneur or you're an onla- online business. Like, yeah. it's it's confusing. And then you've got that pressure of having having a preconceived idea of what you would say about yourself mm-hmm. but then actually not giving yourself your exact merit that you deserve and the credits, you know, because I think a lot of people play it down. I know I definitely do but I think that's my fear as well. Like I'm not connecting with what it is that I'm producing out there in the world yeah. and I think that would be a big thing for a lot of people, especially when they're trying to like get themselves out there, be seen be vulnerable enough to be seen and have that authority. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So another thing that you do really well is you love video content. And I I, I know, (laughs) I wish I had your confidence with video content. I'm very much like, I like it, but I don't do it enough. So what's, what's, what's the tips? Like what, what do we do? (laughs) Yeah, I think I am a massive advocate of video because I think, you know, there's no other way that you can communicate at scale with a large audience um, in a personal way still uh, like you can with video. Mm. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I'm a big advocate in the job seeking uh, world for people to use video. Like I'm a big advocate of video cover letters, for instance, like if you look at, you know, trying to put together who you are and everything about who you are and then write it down on an A4 PDF document, um, how do you really put yourself in that? Like you can't bring across any personality, any passion, any um, spoken communication, whereas a video cover letter you can, you can bring across so much more depth about yourself. Um, but from a content point of view, video has been, yeah, a game changer for me, I think. I, like what originally pushed me into producing video content was um actually more kind of business development or I guess as a recruiter when I used to be an agency recruiter I found that video content would perform pretty well on LinkedIn uh but not in the way I wanted it to so I would do a promo and say hey guys I'm recruiting for an agency account manager Uh, send me a message if you're interesting here's the cool things about the role uh, and no one ever bit, no candidates ever bit uh, from those videos and reached out to me. 
But I got new business. I got new clients. Um, I would see that LinkedIn post and like, oh, you're recruiting. Um, actually, we need some help. Uh, can you help us recruit? Which was actually the thing I hated most about agency recruitment was trying to find new clients and, and you know, calling people up and saying, hey, can I work for you? Can I fill this role for you? Um, and I hated doing that. But whenever I produce video content, I kind of organically got clients. Um, and I think that's when I kind of switched on to the fact that, you know, video content is so powerful because it shows who you are in a fairly honest kind of real way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I always get scared and intimidated by it still, like especially posting, uh, like I struggle posting on LinkedIn. Um, sometimes I struggle more posting on like my personal channels as well, like my personal Facebook page. Oh, uh, interesting. Like, yeah, it's a funny one. Like I've got all these different channels like YouTube, TikTok, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn. Oh, you're on all of them. <laughs> yeah, 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 I find where I'm most known, though, is where I struggle the most. I get the most kind of imposter syndrome. So mm. um, so if I post on my LinkedIn, all my work colleagues see that and mm. I always freak out. Like I always get that kind of, oh, what's everyone going to think about me? But um, I think for me what I had to do is kind of realise that, realize, get get behind the motives of like what am I trying to do? What am I trying to achieve with this video and at the end of the day I'm actually really trying to help people because mm. I believe that I've got something that can actually really help people a lot of people don't understand recruitment how to get a job jumping through some of those processes so uh, even though I'm not an expert I'm not the most qualified to speak about this there's you know people in my team that are much smarter much better qualified to give this advice um I've still got something that's going to be helpful to people out there so I had to kind of look at that motivation and say look even if I might look like an idiot, even if I say something stupid, even if I stuff up, uh, even if my colleagues think this is pretty amateurish, um, I still believe that putting this out there is going to help someone. It's going to be useful to someone. Um, and if it's not, I'll stop doing it and I'll you know, take it down, delete it, whatever. Uh, but I had to kind of go back to the motivations, the reason why I'm doing it. I think that's really important because I speak to people that are like, oh, I want to become a content producer. Um, they they buy a thousand dollar camera and they're like, I've got my studio set up now. I'm going to start creating content. Um, when in reality, I'm like, oh, you've gone about it the wrong way. It doesn't really matter how professional your quality it is. Like, you just got to get a bit natural trying to talk to the camera. It's nerve wracking. It always is. As soon as I click record on my phone or anything, I my <laughs> just go jumbled and I have to. Like you should have seen me last night. I took about a hundred takes to record a 30 second clip um, to try and get the wording right. But uh, yeah, it's a super valuable skill. I think, you know, Mm. in the next, next five years, especially we're going to see people that can communicate well on video uh, are just going to have an unfair advantage, I think in a lot of areas. So yeah, I'm a big advocate. So I encourage people overcome their imposter syndrome, get back to the motives, discover what it is that you have that the world needs to hear. And then don't hide that because you're robbing the world. Mm, yeah. It's like, um, you can't, you can't sell a secret. <laughs> yeah. And if you had like the magic cure to say, you know, if, if you, I suppose if you knew someone with cancer or your best friend had cancer or something, if you had the secret to cure it, would you keep it a secret or would you be out there spreaking it to the world? I know yeah. what I would be doing. So, yeah, I think there's a lot to be said around that and also just being able to grow in that space. Like you said, you start off doing a 100 takes or like a few different takes and you start thinking, okay, cool, 
it's like all those little gremlins and we've spoken about imposter syndrome before on the podcast. Um, it's one of those things that it is definitely a real thing mm. once you put a label to it. Yeah. And I think once you put a label to it, it's easier to diagnose when it's happening in the moment because then you know, okay, I know what this is. I know what's why it's coming up, yeah. but I know to like just shelf it because I need to just get this done. Yeah, it's not one of those things that you, um, you know, it's it's hard to handle without a label. So when I have spoken about it before and I'm just picking on imposter syndrome because it is one of those things that a lot of people struggle with, it's um, something that you also can't really, um, oh, what's the word? You can't overcome it if you don't have that passion and drive to continue going forward. It's more easy. It's easy to go, okay, cool. I've got this. That's cool. I can't do this. Yeah. So you need to actually have that goal and that vision beyond that because that's where the growth happens. Yeah. But you're all about that growth mindset, Mike. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And I think on that too, the other thing that really helped me when I kind of started getting a bit more serious with content was having a, a safe sounding board. Cause like you said, you know, once you've diagnosed that kind of imposter syndrome, you know it's there. Overcoming that is probably the hardest part. You know, you can still have it and recognize it, but how do you kind of get through that? Um, I was, yeah, really lucky to have a bit of a safe sounding board where I, like I mentioned on LinkedIn for me was the big, the big scary one that I had to, I knew I had to start posting, but I was freaked out about it. Um, but I had a, a group of people that were kind of in the same mind with the same growth mindset that, we kind of made a bit of a pact, like let's start sharing our content and give open and honest feedback. Uh, and we will kind of call out things that are inappropriate or we will encourage things that are good. Uh, and for me, that was hugely helpful because I'd I'd record a video and I was like, oh, it's not good enough. Oh, it's crap. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm not qualified to say this. And I'd share it in that group and I'd get people bouncing ideas off and I'd share some of those fears and was able to kind of have it um, externally kind of justified and people could kind of remind me of the truth and be like, actually, no, you've got this many years experience in this industry. You are uniquely qualified to give this advice and it is actually going to be super helpful to people. And that helped me too to kind of, yeah, push past that. But yeah, I 100% agree. You need that motivation as well mm-hmm. and that passion to be able to push through that because it's not easy. Mm, and how special it is to have a little street crew behind you as well, like helping you and cheering you on. It's like, yeah, that was rad. Yeah, so good. <laughs> I find that my street crew aren't necessarily in my industry, though. They're in a few different industries. What are you, Where are your street crew from? Yeah, mine are in different industries too. They're not, you know, recruitment or talent acquisition. Um, and I think it's quite helpful because it, again, it gives you that, external perspective um because i mean for me it's helpful because the audience that i'm speaking to uh are not talent acquisition people they're Mm. just job hunting so i don't want too much of like a hr kind of um recruitment lens on it i want it to be on the other side so yeah Mm. super helpful for me and I, i would imagine too for you as well uh it's handy to have people that aren't so across the nuances of your industry to kind of give that feedback Mm, yeah absolutely even when you're creating different pieces of content and things like that like I learn so much from people outside of my industry Mm. and I suppose that's where the travel trend summit comes into play like I've just picked all of my friends out of all different industries 
you know, made a run sheet, put them all in and um, invited all my travel agent pals and industry folk to come along and, you know, learn from everyone. So, yeah, it's it's one of those things. And I think travel agents specifically, we don't tend to reach out to other industries. We're very much in this big travel bubble this is where this is our life. This is where we live. This is where we spend majority of our careers. Because I, I swear, like once a travel agent, always a travel agent. <laughs> I've tried to leave the industry a few times, and then you just get sucked yeah. right back in. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, in the um landscape of Canva and being able to create, you know, pieces of content that helps us stand out. What things are Cam is Canva on board with at the moment? Like I know video content's one of them, but then I know there's a few other cheeky little updates and things like that that are happening at the moment. What's what's booming? What's trending? Yeah, so much. Uh, I'm like, even though I work at Canva, trying to keep on board of all the product releases and everything that's happening. Uh, even though you know Canva's always open on my browser, so I'm constantly using it. Uh, on a day-to-day, on a work basis, yeah, still I'll, you know, just spend some nights experimenting with new things that are happening because there's a lot of really exciting things. I think especially, like, I think what where some of the key value is going to be for people kind of like yourself, like those multi-passionate, uh, multi-disciplinary people that, you know, maybe you have a, a current job, but they've got these other things on the side there. Uh, they're building their own businesses, they're building their own um, communities on social media, they're starting to create content. Uh, For people like me, I'm doing that too. And I'm pretty time poor because I've got a full-time job. So any content I produce on the side, I want it to be scalable. I want it to be uh, able to be repurposed fairly easily. So yeah, there's some really cool things like um, using, using AI and artificial intelligence to help produce and scale some of the content we're doing. So uh, we've just released a few different AI tools. One of them is a magic design. So uh, you can literally open up Canva and drop in a picture of, I don't know, for you, it could be a picture of Bali. Uh, drop in, upload a picture that you've got from your Bali holiday and say, create a um, pitch, create a um, travel brochure about why you should go to Bali. And Canva will, from that, automatically generate a 10-page long deck that you can just send straight away with graphics, images, text. No It's incredible. Uh, I tried it for um, something that I was doing, for giving career advice to people who are wanting to create a video cover letter. I said, give me a pitch deck on creating a video cover letter. And it produced a 10-page long deck with info, justifications, reason why, um, so it's a pretty wild time, like where you can just lean on um, lean on the power of these powerful tools to amplify your experience, use your kind of creative mindset, but then get the tools to do a lot of the grunt work for you. Mm, yeah, I haven't had much of a chance to play around with all of that yet, but in the world of AI and everything kind of helping create everything, what's your feelings about it? Like I know I'm pretty excited about it, but then I'm also there's an element of uncertainty and a bit, probably a bit scared that maybe there's some people out there that are probably not going to have jobs very soon. <laughs> it's mm. just, I don't know, trumping the world. Yeah. yeah look, I think to be honest, when, when like a couple of months ago, when the whole world was flipped on its head with the generated, mm. AI, uh, I was probably a little bit in that boat too. I'm like, what is going to happen? Like this world is going to completely change in the next year. Um, and since then, I've got really invested. Like I've spent hours in ChatGPT and Dali and creating in, in Canvas magic AI stuff. 
Um, spent a lot of time using it both for some work stuff as well as just for some fun stuff. Um, and I think now I've kind of landed at the point of view where I've seen a lot of people say like, it is similar to a calculator, a much smarter calculator, but it really is just going to be a work tool um, because as good as the new models are, they're getting better and better every day and they can do more and more every day. They're still very reliant on humans. Like you can't just, as much as you see, you know, I, I see different people on YouTube or TikTok talking about how it's, you know, they've replaced themselves with AI. It just doesn't work like that. Like you have to be right. hands-on. You're constantly um, prompting and tweaking the prompt. And once you spend the time and invest in it, then it will make um, huge efficiency increases. But yeah, it's, you know, it's not it's not at the point where it's going to be able to replace people. And I don't think it will be for a long time. I think, you know, the way I see uh, the way I see AI is that it's going to enhance people's creativity. Uh, it's going it to enhance people's efficiency and make them more effective at their job, uh, enable them to do more and spend more time on doing what they really love doing. Like mm. if you think about what what our unique special thing is humans are amazing at creativity when they have the time and capacity to do it. We're not so, you know, we're not super efficient at digesting large data sets and summarizing that. And, you know, some of the things that AI is just so good at doing um, humans, some people love that. Most people enjoy where they can really be a bit more creative themselves. So, yeah, I think it's a really good tool that we're going to see a lot more really strong use cases for. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm personally not super worried about it in that sense. There's definitely a lot that needs to still be worked out though, but that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a bit of a, um, yeah, it definitely feels like we're in that era, that computer-generated era. If we weren't before, we definitely are now. But, yeah, I've had a little play around with it and just, you know, writing little sentences and things like that and asking for it to come up with like the next sentence or the next paragraph. And I'm like, okay, so how do we make that longer? Make that yeah. longer, make that longer. And it repeats itself so many times. So this is like, I feel like AI, if you are writing and, and you know, I haven't gotten into the creative side of things yet, like with the colours and, um, you know, doing what you do, like replacing shirts and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> replacing a casual shirt with a business suit, like I haven't yeah, done yeah. that yet. But, um, yeah, when it comes to, you know, writing and things like that, I feel like it'll get you maybe like, between 40 and 60% of the way. Yeah. And then the rest is on you. So so say, for example, if I was to create like a podcast script completely on AI, if I was mm. to read that script out, it would not sound like me at all. I would sound like a robot or I mm. would sound like I'm reading the dictionary. Like it just would not sound like me at all. So you've definitely still got to put in that human element um, for it to I don't know, work in your favour or to sound like you as well um, because nothing can replace your tone of voice at the end of the day. But, yeah, so when it comes to online stuff, you talk about your personal value proposition online and how yeah. you're selling that and creating that magnetism, um, whether you're trying to get a new job or you're create, you know, attracting more people to your business. Can you dive into that for us? Yeah, so I think definitely having a strong, like we were talking about that just before when you said, mm. how do you describe yourself, especially someone who's multi-passionate, like you're a business owner, entrepreneur, mom. For me, I didn't even mention, you know, my other, my other big passion is um, drone videos and and music stuff. So like I think having 
a bit of time where you do some deep dive into identifying, okay, what is your unique value proposition, but also, you know, what do you want to be known for? Like those kind of things, they, they can only come with a bit of deep kind of introspection. And when you ask some of those deep questions, like, you know, a hundred years in the future, if people are talking about my name when I'm gone, um, what do I want to be remembered for? What do I want people to talk about and um, remember me for? Like what kind of legacy do I want to leave on the earth? Um, I think that is kind of how we should be tying in all these other things that we're doing because we're this, we're that, this provides fun, this provides income, we're doing this for our family, like all these kind of different things. Um, But in terms of how we, from a business point of view, how we communicate our personal value proposition in getting new business or in personal branding online, uh, I think that there's a few things that are key. One would be consistency. So having that consistency and then tapping into like the Simon Sinek, the golden circle of the why behind the what. So rather than just talking about, you know, I run the best travel agency and, and it'll get you the best holiday. Talking about the why, like mm. what's the what's the motivation for you and what are people going to get out of that? So um, for me, like I do career coaching content. Uh, for me, I'm really passionate about helping people level up their career because I know the impact it has on people's life. Like if you're stuck in a dead end job and you feel like you're wasting your day nine to five, every single day, every single week, uh, your life's going to be horrible. Um, and <laughs> it affects your mental health, it affects your family's health, it affects mm. your financial health. Um, so when I see people able to level up their career, move into a job that brings them a lot of passion and a lot of uh, energy, then it helps them so much. And, and that really fires me up. So being able to make a bit of more of a holistic change in people's life rather than just getting a, you know, a promotion or a new job change. Um, I love seeing that kind of life change in people. I want to ask Mike, if someone has never created a piece of content before, I know Canva is definitely the right place to start. But what do you suggest people do? Because I know there's quite a few people in the travel industry who have never created content in their life. We often get sent tiles and things like that from business owners, oh, sorry, businesses, companies, suppliers with all these specials and deals and things like that. And I feel like a lot of our content is just reposting that stuff. (laughs) It's nothing that really belongs to us at all. So where would someone start? What I would do is I would do a bit of time working out who is the audience that you're trying to speak to. Like if you're if you've got a certain niche or if you've got a certain target audience in terms of like the demographics or where people live geog- uh, geographically or where people are at in terms of their life. Like you're looking for um, you know single uh, single college students or you're looking at young families with kids or more seniors. Like work out who your target audience is, then try and find what kind of content appeals to them most. Like you can do that by searching for things that they're interested in and just have a little bit of a scroll through Instagram and see like things like color palettes, um, the kind of tone of voice people are using, the kind of images or videos or carousels or what's working the best in that space for that audience. And then think about you and your brand, your company, what kind of tone of voice do you want to have? And then build a bit of a brand kit. Like in Canva, you can pretty easily create a brand kit, pick some colors, upload your logo, um, stuff like that. But try and have a bit of consistency because 
it's a noisy, it's a visually noisy place. And so it does take a bit of intentionality to be able to cut through that noise. Um, if you've ever tried to yeah, post on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or YouTube or anything, and you're trying to get eyeballs on your content, you'll know it's super noisy. It's super hard to get any engagement. Um, so what you want is you want to be recognized for what you are, for who you are, for your brand, for your personality. So have some of that consistency there. Uh, and then again, I think, like you said, especially if you're getting sent these kind of promos from businesses and they're trying to push their agenda, I would take it back and say, no, what what do you want to say with this messaging? It might be a discount, like it might be, you know, mm-hmm. uh, 50% off for the month of June to travel on this cruise ship or whatever it is. Um, what's the off. That's awesome. Um, when do I, where do I book? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably, probably not that much, but um, what, whatever that is, like yeah. someone's trying to give you their agenda. What's the story that you want to tell though? Mm-hmm. Like, again, to, think about the people and what's going to appeal to them. Um, numbers and figures, you know, I do have a level of conversion, but at the end of the day, People want experiences. Uh, people want time where they can really connect with their family, get deeper in their relationships, um, do something that's going to be like a golden memory for the rest of their family's life. Uh, I think if you can tap into that and tell that story, that's that's what I'm trying to be do. That's what I, how I'm trying to pl- approach it. Um, and yeah, tell that story in an effective way and use whatever you can. I think one of the good things about Canva is it's easy to repurpose stuff. So whether you create a video or a quote or a carousel or a uh, animation, something that you can kind of spend the effort once and have multiple different formats. So rather than just posting it once and saying, oh, I've got 10 likes, awesome. That was a waste of my time. Um, be, be a bit consistent with that over the course of one or two weeks and then test different things, see what works. Um, but yeah, that would probably be my thoughts there. Mm, yeah I love the idea of pet repurposing like your resize tool is yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it definitely helps and um at the end of the day like it just it, it depends on how much time you've got to spare like being creative I feel like you have to be in that creative mode to be creative like if you're in a productive mode and you're getting all the things done you know this is this means like ticking things off the list getting stuff out of the way. I feel like if you are in that space, you can't just go, okay, cool. Now I'm going to jump into Canva and have a play (laughs) because you're not in that creative mode. Because I feel like anytime that I'm online and I'm in in Canva and I'm just spending hours, I'm, I'm not going to anyone's agenda. I'm just playing. I'm just designing. And obviously I take way too long. Like I spend... It's probably the biggest time suck in anything that I do in my business is the design. Like I'm forever m- moving things around and going, cool, I don't like that, I like that. You know, like it's it's hard, but it is fun. Like just to jump in and play is yeah. the first thing. And some people, like I have uh, some students inside of my travel agent runway program who, you know, like we've just discussed, have never created a piece of content before in their life. But then they realize that it's not as hard as that they think it is. Mm. But then when they jump in and start playing, they're like, oh, this is actually really fun because, you know, in a past life I used to be an artist. And they get to like their 60s and 70s and they're in my program going, I need help. Like, But they realize that they've actually got all these skills. It's just Canva's harnessed all of that and created like a a palette that they can just tap and dab and just go along and, and, you know, add in all the... um, little brand assets and things and 
yeah, create something beautiful for their business, but they don't realize that they've already got those skills. So it's not as scary. It's just doing it in a digital format rather than picking up a brush and actually physically doing it. Definitely. Yeah, it's super special. So Canva's done a heap of things, a heap of improvements and things. But one thing that I noticed recently was that Canva in the in the um, Canva's visual economy, which we'll be deep diving more so at the Travel Trend Summit, one thing that stuck out was that every business owner is now deemed to be like a content creation business. Yeah. That was huge. Yeah. That like landed for me like massively and I was thinking, whoa, okay, things are progressing. It is crazy, yeah. Any any business now, uh, whether you have a marketing department or not, there is an expectation that, yeah, you're producing content, you're creating visual design. So, yeah, I think it's a, it makes sense to be uh, learning some of these tools. And even if it is very low touch, like, I don't know, I think the advantage of Canva too is it's so easy to find inspiration and just look at a template, but yeah, that works. Just change the text, change mm-hmm. the colors, and that's it. You don't have to, like like yourself, you love just playing and tweaking and changing and getting it just right. Um, some people might not, they might hate design. They might hate that kind of thing. So you can keep it super simple too, but the power of, yeah, visual communication is only going to be increasing, that's for sure. Mm, what's your type what's your favorite type of visual communication other than um, video i like i really like um talking presentations which is like a mix it's kind of cheating because it is video but it's uh it's a deck we use them heaps at canva internally so we send these things we if we can't do a zoom meeting because we have staff in london and us and philippines and china so time zones don't always work We'll do a lot of these uh, talking presentations. So we've got a, a deck that we need to present. We need to talk through a strategy or something, uh, goal planning or do some brainstorming. We'll have that deck and within Canva, we'll do a little talking head recording. So um, you can kind of record five minutes or half an hour, however long, um, and then just send that link to someone. So I really like that format because it's, um, I hate just getting spoken to by someone. I, like I'm very visual. I like looking at like, yeah. If you're going to give me, a list of 10 things and you just say them, it just goes in one ear and out the other ear. But if I can read along with you and follow the dot points as you're talking through, much better if it looks visually appealing too. I'll kind of help, it helps me remind, uh, remember stuff. Um, so yeah, I really like the talking presentations is my kind of format, my go-to format. Well, I reckon travel agents could use that. I reckon so. I use it every day as a recruiter. It's brilliant. Oh my gosh. Cool. So if you were doing a quote for somebody or you were trying to, you know, upsell them on a different particular like cabin category on, on a ship or something, you could create like a five slide crew, like deck in Canva with all the photos and things with your little talking head talking. Oh, that would work so well. It's like creating a professional kind of pitch that's scalable and um, super powerful because it's more personalized, super visual, but you still got your personality in there as well. So I think it's, yeah, it marries the best of all of the power of your personality and visual communications. Mm, Yeah, I love it. And I feel like if, because there's a lot of travel agents tuning in who actually have their own businesses, but they work from home. Yeah. So they don't normally see people or, you know, they usually do things via email. So it's kind of like a faceless a faceless economy, really, like where you know who you're talking to and you know who is going to help you when you're on the other side of the earth. 
you know, who's going to help you if you get stuck. But yeah, that would be such a, yeah, a beautiful way to um, service those people. I think that's awesome. Mike, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Do you have any last words that you'd like to share with our travel industry people? No, I think that's great. I'm really excited about the summit coming up. I'm really excited to talk more deep dive about the visual economy and why it's so important for the travel industry in particular, uh, or small business owners or anyone who wants to create that kind of content. Uh, But yeah, love what you're doing. And thanks so much for having me on. Thank you so much. It's been a blast. So we will find you on Instagram at michaelrubio.careercoach. Awesome. (laughs) Thank you so much, Mike. We'll catch you soon. Sounds good. Thanks so much, Stephanie. See you. Bye.